as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. How's it? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the third edition of the Top Pair Podcast. I'm your host, one of your hosts. I'm Eric Weinstein. With me, as always, my boy, the co-host of the Top Pair Pod, one half of the Top Pair, Nicholas Maxwell. Nick, how are you now? Hey, buddy. I'm doing good. We got a hell of a week that we just had to the NHL, which, of course, all the news broke after we put up last week's episode. But like immediately we're going after. with the punches here. <laughs> Yeah, that's just, you know, like clockwork, naturally. As soon as we hit stop recording, like 800 things happen. So, you know, let's get right to it. But before we do, we have some news in terms of the podcast here. There's some new places you can find us. We did, I had the big announcement on social media. You can find us now on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, as well as the homepage of the A1 Sports Network, that is a1sportsnetwork.com. You can find us there, follow everybody else's podcasts. There's a ton of good stuff, good content to read, to listen to. You know, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, A1 Sports Network, at top pair underscore pod. Tons of ways to find us, tons of ways to get content. Follow, follow, follow. All right, Nicholas, let's get to it. First thing that happened naturally right after we recorded, I think it was like the next morning, we had a coaching, another fired coach, this in the state of hockey up in Minnesota, Bruce Boudreaux, gone, see you later, fired from the Minnesota Wild. Nicholas, your thoughts on him out of here? Yeah, I believe the eighth coach fired this year in the National Hockey League, so that means 25% of the teams are going to go have some sort of turnover going into next year. Like, you know, Bill Guerin has had a really busy uh, busy last couple of weeks after, you know, the whole Jason Zucker trade, which we talked about on last for week's sure. episode. Um, but I think this is a good move for the Wild. I think Bruce Boudreaux is going to be a guy who's not going to be out of a job long. But I think Billy Guerin probably looks at this roster and says, we need to do kind of a mini teardown here. We had, they have pieces to build around, guys like Matt Dumba and Jared Spurgeon and um, Luke Cunning, Jordan Greenway up there, but... They need to figure out a new direction, I think. And Billy Guerin's going to do, uh, I think he's going to do a pretty good job at that. He's a guy that came from the Pittsburgh organization. He's going to try and model his team after, you know, with skill and creativity. I think he's going to be one of the busier GMs on Monday when it comes to trying to pick up as many assets as he possibly can. And I agree. And, you know, they need something up there to just, just shake it up or something. Because they're just, the past couple of years, they've just been treading water. Whether they make the, they lose in the first round of the playoffs or they don't make the playoffs at all. You know, my, you know, what I said last week was that they're in the worst spot you can be in in sports. They're just, they're stuck in mediocrity. They're not good enough to make a run. They're not bad enough to tank to, um, to get into like the top part of the lottery. They're just, they're just in the, in the middle and nobody wants to be there. So Bruce Boudreaux out. We won't spend too much time on that. Um, you got to expect they're going to, you know, I don't know if they go with like a newer coach or somebody who's more established. I know guy like Gerard Gallant is, um, you know, obviously probably going to be the top guy available in the offseason. So if he, you know, that's the spot for him. I mean, but, you know, Bruce Bruce Boudreaux, say that five times fast, out as the head coach of the Minnesota Wild. So um, moving right along here, biggest uh, biggest story this week, I would say, is going to be the trade deadline. We got, we had a bunch of trades already. 
Um, first of all, again, another one right after we stopped recording was the New York Islanders finally made a deal. Lou Lamarillo got on the horn and traded for his old captain, Andy Green, defenseman, traded from the New Jersey Devils to the New York Islanders for prospect David Quinville, shout out Quinnipiac, and a 2021 second round pick. Andy Green going to slide right into Adam Pellick's role. It's going to send Noah Dobson. Um, it's going to be a healthy scratch more often than not. But Andy Green's going to slide right in there. He already played like 23 minutes in his first game as an Islander. He's going to kill penalties. He's going to slide right in with Ryan Pulak on that first defensive pair. Nick, your thoughts on Mr. Andy Green? Yeah, probably not the guy that most Islanders fans were hoping for at the trade deadline. Yeah, sure wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's a guy that fits their culture really well. Uh, he's played in the Stanley Cup final before. He's been a captain. He he's very he's a steady guy. He's not going to be a ton of flash, obviously. But you look at the way that that team's built. I think he only adds more depth to them. Uh, like you said before, the injuries that the Islanders have suffered on the back end. I don't. I don't really think there's going to be one guy they're going to acquire at the deadline that's going to fix all their scoring problems. Um, but I think this is a good move still by Lula Amarillo to kind of address the needs, especially when come playoff time, especially come this playoff push with how hot and how tough that division is. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I when I saw the trade, uh, I was at work and I was actually very. I was excited to see it. I mean, excited might be the wrong word, but I think I was just glad to see a trade happen. But you know, it's it's something. It was one of the two neat things they need to fix. They needed to fit. They needed a, a shutdown defenseman since Adam Pellick went out, and they need. They still need help. You know, on the front line. You know, with their forwards. But you know, Andy Green fills a need. Um, <laughs> he's going to play a ton of minutes. He's expiring at the end of the year. Um, he's going to be great in the room. He's played a ton of big games. I like. I like the pickup a lot. Obviously, it's like you said. It's not what Islander fans were looking for. But it's just another. It it's gonna in the long run. This will help them, you know, moving forward for that playoff push. I think. Yeah, and you just talked about having Noah Dobson on the team too. This is a great guy for him to be around. Andy Green had to earn every bit of an opportunity to make it in the National Hockey League. He wasn't a guy that was a high end first round pick, um, or a big name free agent that the Devils had. So I think his experience is gonna help out a lot of those young guys on that back end. Agreed. Yeah, Andy Green undrafted. Um, from by the you know picked up by the Devils, it also kind of gives insurance I think for Johnny Boychuk who's been banged up a little bit, nothing significant, but um, they showed a stat last night. He's blocked like 120 shots this year already. The guy's been eating pucks all year. There's a wounded warrior. Yeah, this guy's gonna be 30. He's 36, gonna be 37. I mean, there's a lot of miles on that body, so um, it's gonna it's just insurance. So Dobson can slide in, give you know Boychuk a night off. You can give Nick Letty a night off if they need it. No. It's, it's good insurance to have, so I like the Andy Green pickup for sure. Moving right along, maybe the biggest name move so far, um, which I don't know if that says a lot about the deadline itself, but Tyler Toffoli, uh, Stanley Cup champion from the LA Kings, moving, going up north of the border, going to Vancouver, traded to the Canucks for Tim Schaller, a second-round pick, and prospect Tyler Madden. Um, Tyler Toffoli, maybe one of the better scorers on the market um gonna fit in right where you know unfortunately the, the Canucks are gonna be losing Brock Besser for a long time maybe the rest of the season so he's gonna fit in right where Brock Besser is gonna be out Nick I know you like Tyler Toffoli let's hear it yeah I don't know if I necessarily like this move just because of the Canucks and the team that he's going to I think Tyler Toffoli is a guy that you add if you're if you're a team who's in a playoff spot and gonna make a run at the cup I think he's a great piece to add 
Um, but you look at the way that Jim Banks kind of handled that cap situation and kind of handled the, the handcuff that he's kind of given that organization. I'm not sure this move makes a ton of sense, especially giving up, you know, maybe, <clears throat> maybe not, you know, your first round pick, but um, I just don't think, I don't just don't see them as a team that's going to make a huge deep run. So I, I, I like the move. I like, I like Jim Benning trying to be aggressive. Um, I just don't know if for the long term or if, if this really is going to make a huge difference in the short run, even for the Canucks. Yeah, I think there's a if he does resign in Vancouver, I think it's a conditional fourth in 2021. I mean, they I they gave up. Um, you know, Tim Schaller, he's an expiring you know bottom six guy. Um, but I think Tyler Madden, he's having an excellent year at Northeastern. So um, to give up a guy like that for possibly a rental. If you don't resign Toffoli, I mean, it's a lot to give up. And, you know, like you said, I agree with you. I think a move like Toffoli is for a team that's like one guy away where, all right, now we're going for it because we just brought in Tyler Toffoli to solidify the forward group. But, um, you know, with with the Canucks losing Besser, it really, it kind of puts a damper on their their hopes. I mean, the, the Pacific is so tight. You know, they've been in first place for a little while, but... Um, I think Toffoli is going to help them, but I don't. I don't really see them making a deep run there in the playoffs. Are they beating St. Louis? Do you think? Are they beating Dallas? You know, I don't think they're beating those teams. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if they're really going to even make it past the first round. Um, you look at how good Edmonton has played without McDavid. Um, you look at you know their team that doesn't match up very well with the likes of Calgary. Uh, it's so it's it's going to be it's going to be you know kind of a wait and see kind of thing for this type of deal. Maybe we come back to it in a couple months. We say, "Wow, this what a great move by Jim Benning that you know he just made." But who knows? Only time will tell with this trade. Yeah, I just looked up the standings. Vancouver they did fall to second place. Edmonton actually regained first place. They have seventy one points. Vancouver and Vegas tied with seventy points. Uh, Vancouver is a game in hand on both uh, on on the Knights. Um, they played the same amount of games, sixty as Edmonton, but. I mean, they're only two points ahead of Arizona in that second wild card spot, three ahead of the Winnipeg Jets with 67. So it's real, real tight out west. Um, but, I mean, Tyler Toffoli, he can help them. There's no doubt about it, but it's just a matter of, you know, if it was the right time to make a deal like that. Um, more trades. Um, duh, 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 this one happened. The It was for Alec Martinez, another former Stanley Cup champion from those same LA Kings. I almost said Sacramento Kings, but we're not talking NBA here. Um, <laughs> Alec Martinez um, went to the Vegas Golden Knights for two second-round picks. Um, Alec Martinez has another year left on his deal at a reasonable cap hit. I believe it's about four and a half. Could be wrong. I might be just be making that up. But, you know, another guy who's not flashy like an Andy Green, you know, he's going to you know play well in his own zone. Um, you know, big – he had the game winner, I think, in the, in the 14 – playoffs the 14 stanley cup finals he had the game winner against the rangers um this guy's played a ton of big games so i feel like it's a great pickup for for vegas here yeah this this is the move that i think made the most sense to me probably since december when talking about what vegas kind of needs to get back to that to that dominant fashion that they were showing so often either last year and the year before um they're i think they're only if um what am I trying to say? Bad radio, bad radio. No um, <laughs> they're, they're a team that I think is definitely in the win now mode just because you look at the trades that they made to get guys like Pacioretty and Mark Stone uh, on their on their roster. But I think this trade makes a lot of sense. I think it checks a lot of boxes. 
you look at what Alex Martinez brings to that team, he's got a guy who can play on the left or right side, which I think is a very underrated aspect of his game. Yep. He can block shots. He can do penalty kill. He can do power play if you need him to. That's which isn't his strength, but he's still he's another option for them. Um, but this just move makes so much sense in so many ways. Yeah, and I was close. It was a four million dollar cap hit. I said four and a half, so I kind of oversold it. But yeah, four million dollars. The trade it was for two second round picks, one in twenty twenty and twenty twenty one in second round picks. That's a twenty twenty one pick originally belonged to the Blues. So you know, with the Knights, you know. They're a veteran team, you know. It's it's which is crazy to say. It's only their third year of existence, but you know they got Mark Andre Fleury, of course, the legend in goal. You know, Pacioretty and Mark Stone aren't exactly spring chickens. You know, if they're your you know your top guys, so um, you know I really like the move. It helps them, you know, helps them depth wise. It helps them defensively, and it's just you know I feel like that was you know an easy call, slam dunk for them. Um, next, next, next. Let's see what we got because there was a hundred trades. It felt like um, Brendan Dillon of the San, formerly of the San Jose Sharks, went to the Washington Capitals for a second rounder and a conditional third. Um, another I feel like no brainer type trade since Washington is you know could always use help on that de- on their defense and San Jose obviously getting ready for a rebuild here. I feel like um, you know thoughts on Brendan Dillon. Let's hear him. Yeah, yeah, we've probably heard his name come up early with trades deadlines just because of the the way that the Shark season has gone just straight into the tank. Um, yeah, but great. He's he's another guy that I think a lot of his teammates loved him. You know, you saw Logan Couture give him a huge shout out, and even the Sharks gave him a huge uh, send off on their social media stuff uh, the other day. But again, he's a guy who's not flashy, but he's the type of guy that makes a huge difference in the playoff run. That depth defenseman who can take some minutes away from your top unit, you can you have confidence in him standing back there going against you know whatever matchup you need him to. They're not asking him to be John Carlson on the team, so I think that's a huge thing for him. But I like the trade all around. Um, I think San Jose is a team that's going to have to really think about you know what other assets could they possibly move. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about the other day was could this finally be the end of Joe Thorne's run in San Jose? You know, a guy in a one-year deal who could be shipped to a playoff team in need of offense. Um, but in terms of Brandon Dillon, I really like that move. I think Washington is really going to like him. I think they're going to try and probably resign him in the offseason, but who knows. <laughs> but um, overall, this is a good move by the front office. Yeah, and it, I feel like a, the guys moved around so far, especially the defensemen we've been talking about. It's mostly depth guys. It hasn't obviously been like a superstar move at this point. Um, you know, another guy, Dylan DeMello, was traded to Winnipeg from Ottawa for a third-round pick. You know, Marco Scandella was traded to St. Louis for a second-round pick. You know, these are guys that are, you know, they're guys that are going to help you on the back end. You know, they're not, you know, superstars in any way, in any, not in any way was the right way to say it. But, um, you know, they're not superstars. So, but these are guys that are going to help these teams that are, you know, fighting for the playoff spots. They're looking to make deep runs, especially teams like St. Louis and Washington, of course. So, you know, these are all guys that can help them, you know, you know, come April and May for sure. Yeah, and I think going back to the Dylan, uh, the Dylan trade, I think, too, you watch the Caps play. They've struggled this past few weeks with, you know, maybe not getting enough emotion or enough light into their game. I think, you know, he'll be a guy that can really infuse some energy into that team. And I think a lot of GMs are looking at their teams right now and saying, what's that missing piece or what might be that little, you know, small move here or there that I can do to help put us over the top? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting weekend since the beginning of deadlines Monday. So it's going to be a re- and see, I know people. It's Monday. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, 
it's going to be a lot of movement, I feel like. And, and you know, I think the, the next move we could see a team try or a next team to see we could try to make a move, I think it's Colorado because, of you know, over the past week, Miko Rantanen, you know, huge piece for the Colorado Avalanche, former all-star. You know, he's going to be out for a couple weeks here. You know, he had a night rammed into the into the boards, it looked like. You know, he's going to be out for a little while. You know, Colorado, I think, is going to be active just to, you know, try to pick up a little bit of the scoring, you know, that they're going to lose. I mean, you can't really replace a guy like Rantanen, but um, you got to think Colorado's looking to, you know, make a move here. Yeah, what's crazy about Colorado, too, in the standings, you were just talking about how jam-packed it is out last, but how good that they are. they've been all year long and the injuries that they've been able to overcome are still third place behind. Dallas and St. Louis in that comp- in that central division, which is just it's just so loaded. Uh, I mean, they're they're comfortably in third place, but you know they're a team that you don't really want to play. St. Louis is definitely not the team you want to play in the first round of Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, um, for that's, sure. That's I don't think that anybody in this league wants to play St. Louis in the first round of the playoffs. No, but, definitely not. You know, like you said, Joe Sackick has open cap space. He has a lot of assets. Um, maybe it's something where he parts with, I don't know if it's a current player, a draft pick, or somebody in their system, but he has pretty much all options available to him. Yeah, and I feel like if, if there's going to be any year where, you know, you go for it here, I feel like th- this has got to be the year, I feel like. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but I feel like this should be the year here. You know, the West, it's not as loaded as I feel like it's usually been. Um, you know, Colorado's only one point behind, you know, Dallas and St. Louis are tied right now for first place. They're only one point behind with a game in hand on each, so... Um, I think it's, you know, I, I, if I'm Joe Sackett, you got to think what, he's not going to be sitting on his hands for sure. At least that's what I think. I don't know. What the hell do I know? But, um, I yeah, and I, and I think they're this, they're the, might be the team that to beat come Monday in terms of trying to land a Chris Kreider type player. Bank, uh, Colorado loves to play that north-south style, especially in their own building where it's just hard to play in altitude. I think Jared Bender could be one of those guys who loves to tweak his lines and stuff like that and figure out what he can do and kind of put everything into a blender. Um, I think... I think to me that trade makes a lot of sense, especially on an expiring contract. But you know who knows? They might go for they might be going for add more depth in their back end, or they might be looking to add a backup goaltender. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of people actually saying that the Islanders are trying to somehow steal Chris Kreider from the Rangers. Good luck with that. It would take you know they'd have to sell the farm to get Chris Kreider from the Rangers to here. But um, you know, I think Kreider's going to be the biggest name. The two, you know, the biggest name who's on the block. He and you know, like a Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who I just I love saying that name. Um, you know, those are the two guys you're going to, I feel like, are going to be at the top of everybody's list that you're going to be looking at. Um, those are guys that, especially Kreider, he can slide right into a top six. Um, Pajot can slide be your second or third line center. You know, these are guys that, you know, if you're looking to contend, you're looking to make noise, these are guys that can help you. And we got, what is today? Today we're recording Thursday night, you know, what do we got? Three days till Monday? Four days? You know, um, there's there can be a lot that can happen. And we could also just be talking about nothing and nothing happens. So, you know, that's what I, I – the trade deadline, I know you said it a couple episodes ago. It's super overrated, of course. Everybody gets, you know, overly excited. And, then, you know, sometimes nothing even happens. But we'll see. I know I'm excited. I love the trade deadline. I'm, I'm a pigeon, but I love the trade deadline. Yeah, it's definitely the number one day where I probably hit the refresh button on Twitter more often than not just waiting for trades to happen that – don't normally end up doing it, but who knows? I mean, I think the thing, the difference between this year and I think most years is that there's really not a lot of leaks coming out in terms of what players certain teams are after. So, it like we said, there could be this could be a year maybe where a team comes out of left field and makes this trade deadline really interesting. 
Exactly. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of teams that, you know, they're looking to improve because teams around them are improving. So um, I think there's a lot, there's a lot that could happen. And there's always, you know, it could be like, yeah, nothing really is going on. But, you know, I'm sure I'll be, I'm going to have McKenzie's Twitter on notification. I'm going to have Drager, all those guys. It's going to be notifications right to the phone. So I know what's going on. Uh, and just, just as a one thing too, we should probably remind people that to look for the check mark in these accounts. This is the number one time of the year, I think, for hockey Twitter to have fake accounts yeah, pretty associated please. with hypothetical trades. So, for the love of God, please look at the account, make sure it's the real account before doing anything. Yeah, and I, I'm sure both of us are guilty of retweeting and then seeing. Oh, I'm raising my hand for those that can't see us. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can, I can't even count how many times I've done that and then scrambled back to Twitter to just delete the tweet that I retweeted because it's bogus. Um, <laughs> Uh, now moving on from that, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was actually it happened about twenty minutes or so before we started recording. Was one Alexander Ovechkin, the great eight, scored his six hundred ninety ninth goal of his career. Uh, it was a ripper right off the faceoff past Carey Price. So we talked about it. You know, I, I think we jinxed them because we talked about it our first episode, and he hasn't scored since then. So, uh, but good to see Ovi get put one in the back of the net. You know, just want to get this out of the way here. Yeah, it seems like he's had the commentator curse since I feel like every one of his games has been on national television <laughs> since he had 6.98. But, you know, good for Ovi. Obviously, one of probably 15 more or so to come this regular season, if not more. But, uh, you know, he's scored off of Carey Price and someone showed his stats that he's kind of tormented Price his entire career. I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but when you think about how good of a goaltender Price is, um, you know, I guess everybody has their kryptonite. Yeah, I guess. And I mean, well, I mean, I think we can give Carey a break there. Um, this is, you know, maybe the best goal scorer of all time. So I think we can give Carey a break if he, you know, lets a couple in on this guy. Um, but hey, um, hey, if you're a $10 million goaltender, you're not supposed to have weaknesses. Yeah, well, I think I think they'll be okay with that. They, they got other problems up in Montreal. So I think they'll be okay with him giving up a couple, you know, rippers to Ovi from the fucking circle. I'll, I'll edit that out. Um, so... I'm trying to think of what else happened. So what other news did, were you looking to talk about today? I mean, I got everything I was looking at already. I've only been talking for about 22 minutes. So what else do you want to go? What if, what else well, you want to talk about? Get after it. Well, um, the one thing, the one trade that we didn't mention yet that I thought was really interesting was the Blake Coleman trade for Tampa Bay. Yes, I did forget to um, that in my notes. Yes. You know, you look at Tampa Bay, they're a team that had all that huge success last year. I think they won like every single regular season award yeah. last year. Um, but they, what happened last year when they get shut out in the playoffs by Columbus, you know, Julian Breezeball, I think, really looked at his team and said, you know, I'm not going to let this happen again. So he gave up a lot, in my opinion, probably too much for a guy like Blake Coleman, who's a guy that, you know, he's a sandpaper player. That's how a lot of teams describe him. He's got jam, Nick. He's got yeah, jam. Yeah, a lot of jam in his game. No <laughs> jelly, all jam. Freshly squeezed, freshly made jam. Um, <laughs> but... I think you look at this team, it shows you the difference in, in style that playoff hockey is compared to the regular season. It's a, it's a you know time of the year where you're not going to score a lot of goals off the rush. You're not going to score a lot of pretty goals. I think Blake Coleman is a good pickup for Tampa. But like I said, giving up Nolan Foote, who I thought was a good-looking prospect, plus a number one first-round pick, obviously. But it was a good trade for New Jersey, obviously, in, in terms of their rebuild. But I think if this trade works out, you're going to see a lot of teams possibly give up start to give up more in the deadline for these types of players yeah and um the first round pick it was I believe it was vancouver's first round pick they yes. got the jt miller trade yep it says in the 2020 or 2021 draft 
So, you know, whatever the conditions are on that. But, yeah, Blake Coleman, I mean, just like you said, he's got jam, a lot of sand, you know, sandpaper-type guy. But he's going to help them because, you know, we saw him get smoked in the playoffs last year, and, you know, they don't want to do that again. So, um, Blake Coleman on the move. Um, Devils, I'm sure they're not done. I'm sure they'd love to unload P.K. Subban, but good luck with that. Um, All right, not with that contract, they're not. <laughs> yeah, good luck. You have to give up some of those assets they just got. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe P.K. Hope, I mean, I'm rooting for P.K. I love that guy, but, you know, you never know. Uh, what else you got for me? Get after it there. Um, you know, we saw just a couple minor deals done by the Toronto Maple Leafs trying to get some of these younger younger uh, bottom six guys and some of these role players like penalty killers into their league after they got We'll, we'll be nice and say it was a beatdown by the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, they lost that game only 5-2, but it was a 5 nothing game, I think, maybe less than halfway through the hockey game. Yeah, Sid just uh, took him to the cleaners the other night. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, Crosby had four points. Zucker had another goal, I think. Um, but it's, they're a team that, you know, they with all the talent they've collected and the two way they, they built their team, they've really handcuffed themselves in terms of a big deal that they can make at the deadline. But now that Florida has overtaken them, anytime, anytime you have a team built like this and you have this much money and that type of hockey market where all eyes are on you, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the fallout. You know, obviously, I don't think they're going to fire Kyle Dubas after just only, you know, the second or third year yeah, I don't think at the so. helm. Um, I don't think anything's going to happen to Sheldon Keith either. But, you know, when you miss the playoffs in Toronto after such high expectations, nobody goes unscathed. So... They do play Pittsburgh again tomorrow night. Um, you're gonna look and see, <clears throat> wait and see what kind of a bounce back effort they provide. But you know, if you're if you're Kyle Dubas, you I kind of I'm very curious to see how active he's gonna be around on Monday. Yeah, I mean, well, when you think of the guys that they're paying, I mean, you can say it a million times. We've all said it a million times. Matthews, Marner, Tavares, you know, Nylander. When I think of those four guys, you know, heart and grit aren't two of the things that I'm really thinking of. Um, you know, they pay these guys all this money. You know, they want to win game 6-5. You know, they've lost in the first round the past three years because of that. And everybody knows that. Um, you know, it's just, it feels like the honeymoon's over when they, with Tavares. feels like the honeymoon's over with Sheldon Keefe, with Dubas. You know, they, Leafs Twitter, I mean, I'm not shedding a tear for them. I think it's hysterical how... You know, the sky is falling up there. But, you know, they, it's – and like you said, eyes are, eyes are on them 24-7, 365 up in Toronto. So um, I think it's really – it's it's not good. It's definitely not good up there. But, you know, if anything, I think they're going to try to move. But there's been, you know, talk of them trying to move Kasperi Kapanen. Um, but, you know, he's what, like a 2.2 cap hit, 2.3. It's, it's not enough to make any type of move there. So – um, you got to expect, I would think a guy like Nylander is going to be, you know, you got to think he's going to be on his way out come the off season. Yeah. And I, and I don't even think Kapanen's on the table anymore with the injury to Andre or, uh, Johansson now that he's gone yeah. for the rest of the year, uh, after having surgery. But you look at this team, they just, they don't have any currency to trade. You know, they have no first round pick this year because of, uh, the trade that they made to get Patrick Marlowe off the books. They had no third round pick this year as part of the, uh, Campbell trade. Yep. They have no third round pick next year, so it's. <clears throat> I don't really see that they have a ton that they want to part way with going into what's going to be kind of a crucial draft because if you look at the farm system and their prospect pool, it's not very deep. 
Um, Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren are probably their two best prospects, and they're both playing with the Leafs right now. Yeah. And as good as Sandin has played when, at their start, he's starting to show his youth right now. He's starting to show like he's getting a little worn down by the condensed schedule at this time of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's just, again, I'm neither you nor I are going to be shedding any tears for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but, you know, it's just, it's, you know, with all the expectation they had, you know, the pomp and circumstance up in Toronto, and it's just, it hasn't worked out. And, um, you know, Freddie Anderson's back from his injury. You know, he, you know, they were popping goals on him left and right, popping shots on him. I mean, if, if Freddie Anderson can't be how he, you know, can't play how he was playing in the first half, then they can forget about doing anything in the playoffs, even making the playoffs. They could forget it. Yeah, Freddie, and Freddie hasn't looked right since he came back from an injury, so you wonder if something is still lingering with his neck. But there's, there's now cries starting that they want Jack Campbell to start this back-to-back yeah, this weekend, which when you're talking about, you know, benching a dude who's carried this team for the last two years and played at a Vesna caliber level, that's... That sends a bold statement to your team. Yeah, it sounds like the bloom is off the Freddie Anderson rose up in uh, up in Toronto, which is a shame. I mean, that guy has been so good for them. You know, he probably came back too soon from this injury, on you know, with the pressure feeling that he had to because of you know where the Leafs are currently on in the standings. But yeah, I mean, it's if I was to if I was a betting man, which you know I am, you know, I would I would put I wouldn't put any money on these leagues making the playoffs. I'll say it now with the way that. <clears throat> Excuse me. The way that the Metro Division is, you know, you gotta expect that the two teams that are gonna have the wild card spots are gonna be from the Metro. So if they and Florida overtook, you know, Toronto in the standings, if the Leafs don't somehow get to, get into third place, they're not making the playoffs. And then what? They'll play Boston or Tampa. You know. Yeah. It's yeah, just it's, it's it. It's not looking good, and it's it the the list watching stuff on YouTube, listening to. You know, TSN radio, you know, it's the way they talk about the Leafs. It's, it's, I mean, I think it's funny. I'm sure they don't think it's funny up there, but it's, it's no, no good. No good at all. I think, I think Zach Hyman said the other day, he goes, in this city, the highs are high and the lows are lows. And right now they're in a low of low. Yeah, they, it's, it's hard to, with the expectations they had, you know, back in September and October, they got to be feeling it. I don't know how they can get much lower, that they're fighting for their playoff lives and, it's it's just it doesn't it's gonna get worse before it gets better I would think so, um, you know that's enough leaf talk for right now I feel like we talk about them way too much every time we do this. Um, <laughs> what else you got for me? All right, well we'll move on to our weekly segment about our draft. Um, yes. In the spirit of this being Hockey Week in America, um, you know I hope everyone got the chance to celebrate somehow. You know this past weekend, with all the games that we had gone. Actually, hold on, I gotta start with taking a. Like a, I got a huge gripe with this partially NHL's okay. fault, but also NBC's fault for the way that they marketed this. Okay. So did you see all the commercials for like the NBC, like you know games that they were showing? I did. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, I want to so hear. I want to hear your pick, take. Go in ahead. the one graphic they showed, there was one out of six players from all these teams that was an American that they put on the poster for Hockey Day in America. <laughs> they had Ryan O'Reilly, Bergeron, uh, I think it was Panarin, and. I think like Tuukka Rask was on there, maybe. Yeah, well, Tuukka like, Rask, way he, in the you know, back, Texas, it was like right? Dylan Larkin, like way in the back, couldn't even tell. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know Tuukka like, Rask, he's from what Arkansas, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, or Timmy like Panarin. That Panarin. sounds like a hipster California kid name, you know? Yeah, Panarin, he's from New Mexico, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. just seeing that, I it's just, just 
I, I I laughed when I saw. I was like, yeah, Patrice Bergeron really sounds like. But you know, what are you gonna do? Um, I just that's just if that doesn't show this league needs a new freaking TV contract. I don't know. What <laughs> no, that I like I I thought the same thing. I was like, none of these guys are married. I was like, oh, Dylan Larkin way in the back there. Yeah, it's like, but it's like you couldn't do it some type of like you couldn't schedule like you know the Blackhawks versus the Leafs or something. Like what a great like you know kind of the current present guy now with Patrick Kane and then you know the hot up and comer with you know. Austin Matthews, obviously, right. or then and then do like Buffalo versus Detroit with Jack Eichel and Dylan Larkin. I don't know. And there, then out west, you can do, you know, there was a way to do it, and they there was a way to do it. Yeah, and that 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 was not it. But yeah, what were you going to say about the draft? Go ahead. <clears throat> uh, I was just introducing the fact that we're going to do uh, keep it with our weekly segment um, about Eric and I doing a weekly draft on various topics. Uh, after the feedback that we got, shout out to my friend Dylan. Um, we're going to keep it doing, uh, we're going to do a, instead of a one in one draft, we're going to do a three team or three person draft. <clears throat> in the case of this week, it's going to be the top U S hockey players in the spirit. Like I said, hockey day in America week. Um, Eric and I are going to draft our top three selections and then we're going to post the polls on Twitter. Uh, we ask you guys to vote on it all the time. Um, pick my team versus Eric's team, obviously. But uh, we still haven't come up with a punishment yet, so we're still in the works on that, so give us a little bit of time. But if you have suggestions, like I said, tweet at us, comment on Instagram, uh, email Eric, you know, whatever you want to do. But don't, don't um, <laughs> I have Eric's trivia question here to decide who will go first. Great. Eric did not do well on the Islanders trivia that I gave him last year after I thought I gave him a layup. So, uh, you know, we'll see how he does this week. How confident are you, bud? I, not very. Go ahead. Just ask me what color the red line is, and then we can keep going. <laughs> what color is blue? <laughs> it's it's green, right? All right, go ahead. What do you got? All right, bud. So the NHL obviously started off as a league with six original teams, right? Okay. Okay. In 1967, they doubled the size of the league, expanding to six teams. Can you give me two of them? Two of the teams in 67? Yeah. Well, one of them was the Blues. Correct. Wow. Um, not the Senators. I need like God, the, no. I need like <laughs> I need like the Jeopardy music. Um, it's not Buffalo because it's the 50th anniversary this year. Solid math, Eric. Nicely done. Um, the Atlanta Flames. Is that your final answer? I don't know. Am I right? No, you're not right. <laughs> Sorry, but <laughs> I was like, that's got to be it. Um, Dude, how, how did you not? All right, ready? I'm not even You're done keep, yet. What? Not even done yet. I'll get one more guess. All right, fine. One more guess. I'm just like thinking of all the teams. Blah, blah, blah. Capitals. Wrong. <laughs> all right, just say it. They were. Okay, you had the Blues. The Philadelphia Flyers. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm. The LA Kings. And then the two teams that are sort of no longer in existence. The Minnesota North Stars, which are now the Dallas Stars. And then the Oakland Seals, which became my favorite team mascot ever, the California Golden Seals. I would not have gotten the Seals. I was, if you said the Quebec Nordiques, I was going to be so annoyed. But 
Um, <laughs> all right, you guess you get the first pick. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about best players in America all time. There's a there's really like two generations, both like this past generation and maybe even the generation before that. Sure. Um, you know, there's a couple of players that are playing in the league right now that are definitely in this list and are definitely going to be near the top of this list by the time they're done. But for me right now, best player to ever put on a Team USA jersey is Chris Chalias. Oh, man. I was so going to – Hell, yeah. Go ahead. I got I to gotta put Chris Chalios up there just because, first of all, the dude played across four decades. How the hell do you do this in this sport? Like, I will never, ever understand. Um, but he's just he's just been a brick wall. I think he won. He was 11-time All-Star, won the Norris three times, won multiple cups, won a silver medal. Uh, he's, he's the most – played the games amongst most um, any American player ever. And you talk about, like, you never talked to like the old timers like Steve Eisman when they talked about having to play against Chelios. That dude was a pain in the ass to play against in every sense of the word. Agreed. Agreed. I mean the guy I mean the numbers speak for itself. I mean it's just the way that he you know, he was just the son of a bitch to play against anytime you hear about him. And, you know, guy was an all star Stanley Cup champion. You know, these are guys that are just you know, there's not much else to say. I mean the, the again, the numbers speak for themselves. So my first pick, since you took a defenseman, I'm also going to take a defenseman. Ooh. Another, yeah, we got you know we got to keep the blue line. Um, you know it's got to be got to be strong. So this might be talking about the top pair right there. Exactly. Hashtag top pair at top pair underscore pod. So this might seem a little sacrilegious. Sacrilege. Um, I'm going with a New York Ranger. A defenseman, okay. 18 seasons in the National Hockey League. His number is hanging in the rafters of Madison Square Garden, the ninth overall pick in the 1986 draft by the New York Rangers. It is one, Brian Leach, number two. Okay. Brian Leach, I'm, I'm going to pull up his his awards right now. In 1994, Stanley Cup champion. I was born like right after they won the Stanley Cup. Shout out to me. Um... Won the Norris Trophy in 92 and 97. NHL First Team All-Star in 92 and 97. Uh, Conn Smythe Trophy in 1994. Calder Trophy in 89. You know, All-Star Games, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 times. With Drew from two of them because he was sick. Shout out Wikipedia. Uh, he's a Hockey Hall of Famer in 2009. A warrior for those New York Rangers. Um, I'm going with Brian Leach. Yeah, I believe he was also like the last defenseman to ever score 100 points, too, which is crazy. Because only, I think, like maybe a handful of dudes have ever done that. But yeah, you talk about, I know a lot of people during the Cup run in 94 with the Rangers point to like Messier and, and the game that he said that we were win this game. But, you know, Leach was the one that actually won the Conn Smythe that year. He exactly. was the backbone of that team for how small he was, both in stature. Exactly. But yeah. yeah. Uh, good pick by you. Yeah. But I'm a little surprised you didn't take the dude that I'm about to take. Let's hear it. I know I'm going to be mad, but I just I felt like, you know, give a little love to New York. Go ahead. <laughs> so the guy that I'm taking, um, he leads all American board forwards in goals, points, uh, and playoff points. Oh, was boy. A... <laughs> that was my second um, pick. He, uh, he was a dude that played in a defensive system pretty much his entire career. Pretty much, or a huge chunk of his career under Ken Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. 
um, Mr. Mike Madonna. Ah, <laughs> I'm looking at in my notes right now. I'm looking at his name. All right, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, talk about him. Um, you know, he's. I think you look at Mike Madonna. You know, Hall of Famer. I think back in 2014, um, he won pretty much everything that you can win when you talk about Stanley Cup, except for a Calder Trophy, which he lost to a 31 year old Sergey Makarov. So can't really be mad at him for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he he was a guy that. To me, the one thing that I always remember about Mike McDonald was that in the cup run in 99 when they played against the Sabres, he played in every single game despite breaking his wrist in game two. And he notched assists on in the final five games of that or in the final five goals of that series. Talk about a dude who's just all heart. Um, yeah, sore subject, I, that cup run, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think even when that Dallas team relocated, I look back at it, and he's still the greatest player either in Dallas or Minnesota hockey history. Uh, he... Like I said, I don't. There's no record offensively that he doesn't have. So, for me, this was kind of a slam dunk. I'm surprised you didn't take this dude, but I'll. Yeah, Mike Madonna is number two, my pick. Well, guess what? I'm surprised you didn't take this dude, my second pick. Um, out of Boston, Massachusetts, he was the the eighth overall pick in the '88 draft. Just got fired from NBC Sports. One Jeremy Roenick. <laughs> Is my second pick. When you started talking, I thought you were going to say Jeremy Roenick, but I'm going to be honest, good old JR. Um, in 1,363 games played, 1,216 points, 513 goals, 703 assists. Hockey reference, it's so good. Um, you know, this is just a guy who, 20-year NHL career, um, I always tried to trade for him when I played the video games. You know, this guy is just an absolute stud. 10 career hat tricks. Um, if you look at his playoff stats, um, in 82 games played, 77 playoff points. You know, this guy showed up when it mattered uh, with Chicago, Phoenix, Philadelphia. You know, this guy was an absolute hoss for those teams. So I'm taking good old JR, Jeremy Roenick, with my second pick. <clears throat> All right. All right. I don't hate it. Uh, definitely a dude I think has the most, like, best brand of any, well, he did at least have the best he brand had. of any U.S.-born player, and then he, uh, ran his mouth about Catherine Tappan, just couldn't, just had to say something stupid. Yeah, keyword had, oh. past tense. Sorry, JR, but go ahead. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's a solid pick. You know, he's a dude that I think really made that rivalry with Canada what, what it is today. He's a dude that wouldn't back down from anybody. He wanted to score a goal and then run through you afterwards. He loved to agitate players, which I think I'll remember him most for. He loved to entertain. I think when he was in Philadelphia, he fit that fan base so perfectly. Um, you know, he made he made hockey out in LA entertaining after the after the long standing drought after Gretzky left. Yep. But uh, overall, yeah, good pick, good pick. Certainly one of the most memorable of all time. So with my third pick, I was torn. I was so torn because I wanted to give it so badly to Patrick Kane. I love Patrick Kane. He's a dude from Buffalo. I'm from Buffalo, so there's that natural connection there. I love the Blackhawks just because of Patrick Kane. Yep. He's got the sickest hands in the league. Silky. But right now, silky. Right now, yeah, silky, silky smooth for sure. <laughs> right now, I think if Kane walked away tomorrow, and that's how I do it. That's how I did this draft. I couldn't put him over Brett Hall. Well, I'm taking my third mm-hmm. overall pick. Okay. I figured you wouldn't take Brett Hall because his foot was in the crease, but go ahead. Talk about him. 
Uh, yeah, there's a couple reasons I didn't want to take Brett Hall. You know, <laughs> technically he was a dude born in Belleville, Ontario, but he grew up in the Chicago area where his dad played. Yep. Um, and, and gained a dual citizenship that way. Uh, it, it's just, you know, he, <laughs> he's the fourth highest goal scorer in NHL history, right? Like you can't like, dude should just do it from anywhere. He had a ridiculous shot. Yep. He had, he would go to the front of the net. He would get in the dirty areas. You know, he, he was one of those, like, he's the equivalent of, like, a 5 tool player of an NHL, right? Yep. Solid defensively, would run through you if he had to. Um, played for a bunch, couple different teams, but everywhere they used, he was always that number one star. Maybe not in Detroit, but those teams were so loaded that you had, like, a bunch of 1A's, basically. But his foot was in the crease, Nick. His Come foot, on. His foot was in the crease. I will take that away from him, <laughs> that he never technically won a Stanley Cup with Dallas. Um <laughs> Deep in the heart of Texas. No, Brett Hall, I was I'm honestly I'm shocked that you, you picked him because of the simple fact that his foot was in the crease and he robbed your team of a Stanley Cup. But you yeah. know what? you know, his foot was in the crease, but that's the league's job to call it, I guess. That's that's where I stand on that right now. That's a very that's a very tomorrow cool. morning when I wake up I'm gonna be pissed as hell that I took Brett Hall. <laughs> yeah, that's a very grown up way of thinking. So um you know what I'm gonna do? Because I was gonna take him anyway, but since you brought him up Patty Kane, my third pick, number 88. Um, just got – what can you say about Patty Kane? First overall pick, um, you know, this guy – I'm going to – I should have had his accolades up, but you know, I feel like it, he speaks for himself. Patty Kane, you don't even need to go over his numbers. Guy's an absolute superstar in every sense of the word. First overall pick, um, he's 31 years old out of Buffalo, New York. A smaller guy, 5'10". In 963 games, 1,013 points. Got his 1,000 point this year. Um, you know, three-time Stanley Cup champion. Um, you know, this guy, he was the backbone of that team. You know, the guy was just an absolute stud in 120, 127 playoff games, which is just an absurd amount. 123 points. In um, you know, just a guy who, with you know, just without him, I don't think the – the Blackhawks even win those cups. You know, he won the Conn Smythe in 12-13. Um, he's been an all-star. You know, Calder Trophy in 07-08. Uh, Hart Trophy winner. You know, Art Ross Trophy winner. This guy, absolute stud. One of the greatest to ever come out of the U.S. of A. Patty Kane with my third and final pick. Yeah, I mean... I think by the time that this, if we were to do this list in another ten years, I think Patty King would probably be drafted number one overall. If we did. Yeah, I'm drafting for the future. Come on. Yeah, uh, but you know he's one of the eight guys, eight Americans to be dra- taken with the first overall pick. So you know how rare that is. Yeah. Join dudes like you know Mike Madano and Rick DiPietro. Um, no. You know that's stuff. God. <laughs> Still paying him. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Like I said, probably who he will go down this game as one of the greatest passers and stick handlers in this league has ever seen. Um, he can score goals. He can set up, set plays up. He's ridiculous in the shootout, which has become a huge part of the league now. Yep. Um, the face of USA hockey probably at the moment. Um, you know, you hope to see him get into the Olympics again. You know, in another few years, and he, you know, he'll be alongside guys like Larkin and Eichel and uh, Matthews and every and McAvoy and all those guys. Yep. But yeah. I think great pick by you. I th- I think so too. Hence why I picked them. So we'll go go over your uh, your team one more time. Let's hear them. Yep. So I had uh, Chris Chelios, Mike Madano, 
and Brett Hall were my three picks. Yep, and I had Brian Leach, Jeremy Roenick, and Patrick Kane. So we're going to put up the poll. Um, it'll be on the Instagram story. It will be on Twitter. Again, it's at top pair underscore pod, P-O-D. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Weinstein. That's two C's, two N's. Same thing for Instagram. Nick, plug your stuff, my guy. Yes, you can always hit me up on Twitter. It's at nmaxwell01 or on Instagram at nickjmaxwell. Yep, nice and easy. You can always find us. Again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us on a1sportsnetwork.com. Read, read what's on there. You know, read all the content. Listen to all the pods. Support, support us. You know, we're proud of what we're doing here. Um, you know, we're proud to be a part of the A1 Sportsnet. Love those guys. Um, Nick, what else you got to add for me? Let's hear. Let's wrap it up. Uh, big day, like we said. Trade deadline's coming up on Monday. Obviously, if this follows last week, there'll be a ton of crashing news that'll be coming tomorrow. We'll, be, we'll do our best to keep you guys up to date on everything. But overall, tight playoff races as usual. GMs are going to be under pressure. Who's going to make moves? Who's going to stay put? And if this coaching carousel keeps going, who's going to continue to get canned in the National Hockey League? Exactly. Yep. And you can always keep up with us. We'll keep you posted on everything. Again, I am Eric Weinstein. He is Nick Maxwell. And we are your top pair. See y'all. What is time am I ever gonna